Welcome to the Happy Kids Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by App Judo for your software needs, Bullet Pad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Ittersom, and welcome to today's show. And today we're talking about how unstructured play helps kids feel happy. Hi, everyone. So, what is unstructured play? Well, I think unstructured play is when you play just doing whatever you want to do without any rules or regulations, just out of your imagination. Yeah, the imagination. I like that a lot. Of course, if you're looking at games like Monopoly or even Sleeping Queens, those are structured activities. And so we're talking about freeform things. All play is a great thing. Playing is truly good for the soul. And this is for all kids from 8 to 80, as they would say. (laughs) And that 8 could be 8 days old, 8 minutes old. But play is very important. That's right. This kid feels that way. (laughs) Uh, So what do our grandkids do for unstructured play? Because that's where we like to focus on all these happy tips is where do our grandkids fall in all this? One of the things I think that our grandkids really love to do, Bill, is the artwork that they do all the time. Almost Uh every day they're doing that. They have all kinds of things that we provide for them. We have colored construction paper and crayons and markers and pencils that are in boxes and, and located at their level so they can find it. They have their glitter glue and their other white glue and all kinds of things, tape staples, scissors, all (laughs) kinds of things that they can just take and use at will. Now, we have these materials in a metal bookcase that kind of sits just outside the kitchen, kind of on the way into the dining room. And the dining room table is where they do most of this activity. Sometimes they bring the activity into their bedroom slash playroom, but most of the time it's out there. And They're able to get it, as Kira said, and take it down from the bookcase. We have it in these small white plastic boxes. They get to have their pens and their crayons and their markers and their scissors are in there. And then the paper is on the bottom shelf, kind of all different colors mashed up together. (laughs) And it's all very manageable. They can take their boxes and stick them out on the table and everybody can access the materials and just go at it, basically. Right. They make a lot of 2D things, but lately our grandson, who's just over nine, has been building a lot of things 3D. So he'll roll paper up and then tape it, or he'll make other kinds of objects, and they become very creative. The other day he made some type of a laser pistol, and then Grandma got him a piece of ribbon that he could use to attach to the supply tanks, which he put on his back as a backpack. (laughs) So it was quite elaborate when it got done. But it was all unstructured, and it was all a very creative and imaginative activity. He'll make little periscopes, and he'll make swords, and he'll make airplanes. And I think one time he even made some really beautiful little birds that the kids had on their shoulders perched on their shoulders that he had made. (laughs) So he does like to make a lot of 3D objects. Now, the unstructured, as we say it, does not mean a free-for-all. 
So we do like to provide guidance. We think guidance is necessary. And of course, Kira's got a watchword here that I know she'd like to say. (laughs) Well, the kids know that grandma's main mantra in the house is kindness and consideration. That's just the most important thing to me is that they learn to be civil to one another and really care about each other. And sharing. Sharing is so important. Now, it's not like we have too few of materials, but sharing is still very, very important. And it's also indicative of just an attitude. If we've got four red markers, they could still fight over a red marker. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So we're not saying that, you know, as Bill said, that it's just a free-for-all and they can just go crazy and do whatever they want when they're having this unstructured play. We do provide some parental supervision there, you know, and we think that's really necessary. We want to make sure that they're being fair with each other. Bill's really big on curtailing all the waste of the resources in the house. (laughs) He could tell you stories about some of the things that kids do that really (laughs) get on his nerves at times. The paper is supplied at will, but I don't like when they waste it. And we do try to convey to them that it's not an inexhaustible supply. (laughs) The way we put it out, to them, it seems inexhaustible. So we do talk about that at time to time. We also like to monitor the cleanup. That's one of Kira's areas that she's really picky about. (laughs) Well, I want to make sure that they don't leave everything for Grandma to clean up because that's part of their responsibility. So, yes, even in unstructured play, we have a few little rules that sort of are on the parameter of what they're doing. They also know that they should put covers underneath their work, like, say, newspapers or something, if it's going to be messy so they don't leave an actual mess on the table. And then it's going to be hard to clean it up later. Mm-hmm. So, In certain parts of the house are restricted. They can't go to the carpeted areas right. and start playing with Play-Doh or something that they're going to make a big mess all over the carpet with. Right. They can't so. take those things to the living room. They can't take their food to the living room. You know, these are some of the rules that we have. And yet what we're trying to do is build this free-form experimentation Now, what is another activity that they are truly, truly into? If they aren't doing art, what else are they doing? Well, let's see. Oh, I know. They play school, (laughs) and they like to play restaurant a lot, too. And that's a really fun thing for them to do. It teaches them a lot of different things about how to interact with each other. Now, when they're playing restaurant, and that's similar to the way some of the kids play kitchen, we do have one of those kitchen units that's designed for the kids to play with. And they do love playing with it, but they don't use it in a traditional sense, at least the way I seem to think. But they're always making some kind of meals that they're then attempting to sell to each other and to mom and dad or grandpa and grandpa, really. (laughs) (laughs) Papa and grandma are offered these meals. Of course, they don't necessarily even use the items that come with that playset. So you're not seeing the little fake eggs and you're not seeing the little fake hot dog and so on and so forth, but you're seeing, let's say, a block, and then they're telling us that this is a special kind of meal. They do eat out a lot with their parents, so that may be where they're getting a lot of it, and that may be where they're getting the idea to charge for the food. (laughs) 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 Little entrepreneurs over here. It's true. But they do take all kinds of objects and turn them into food or into other things. And sometimes I'll see them, I think they're making a big jumbled up mess. But in their mind, all of these things have a purpose. And they've got all kinds of objects that they're using for food and for other things as well. 
Now, if only we could teach them to have a balanced plate with plenty of green here and not too much protein over here. And <laughs> we're still working on that part. <laughs> Lately, Jenna's been making a lot of soups and stews, which is encouraging. <laughs> now, the playing school has been quite interesting because our middle granddaughter, who's seven, is the one who is totally, totally into that. And I guess it's a credit to the teachers that she's had so far in grade school because she definitely wants to be the teacher. And the four-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter is usually the student. Now, one of the things that we find quite interesting is that our middle granddaughter has had to use a lot of imagination and even maybe, say, innovation to come up with activities that the youngest will still sit and play with. <laughs> right. <laughs> she will come into the bedroom and she'll have all kinds of little signs all over the bed. And she's got all of her lesson plans. And, and they're often very quiet and very engrossed in what they're doing. And there will actually be some kind of an assignment that's taking place when you walk <laughs> in the room. When they first started doing it, oh, maybe a year ago now, our middle granddaughter would always come into the living room saying, Riley won't play with me and what's wrong? And you have to make her, well, we can't make her play with you. You have to create something that's fun enough and enjoyable enough that she wants to play. So over the ensuing months and so forth, I think she has been able to come up with ideas that have captivated the interest. Yeah, and how great is that? That's a wonderful education that she's getting. They are learning to work out their differences and find solutions. Right, very creatively. And we need to take a short break to acknowledge a sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to talk about freeform play at the park. Time to thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And we're back. And as Bill said, we want to talk about some of the activities that we get the kids involved in outside. Now, we have a really neat park that's only about two miles away, and it has a lot of amenities. It has one of those really large playscapes that's built out of wood, and they have slides and swings also. In the summer, they have a little waterscape that they can run through. There's no swimming pool there, but... They can run around in it, and they have this huge sandbox. I often call it the sand pit, but... <laughs> Actually, they have more than one sandbox at this particular park, so the kids do have plenty of activities that they can participate in outside. Now, when we turn them loose into the playscape, they do make their own rules. In fact, we even encourage them to make their own rules. But that said, we still hover somewhat nearby so that we can give oversight. Well, mainly we want them to be safe when they're out there. They're climbing and jumping and running, and they can, if they're a little bit too exuberant, perhaps hurt a younger child or, you know, so we try to make sure that they understand they have to be a little bit careful and they have to participate in a kind way with other right, children. Right. 
Now, unfortunately, in our present world and in even in our own neighborhood, it's not always as safe as what we would like it to be and maybe not as safe as what it was like when I was a child. So it's sometimes a little bit difficult for children to navigate through that type of system alone. And we keep a close eye, let's just put it that way. Sure. We want to make sure that other kids are not doing things inappropriately with ours and that we're making sure that they are where they should be and that they're safe in their activities. For the most part, we let them kind of make their own choices and sort of suffer the consequences. But as I said before, the main thing we want is for them to be safe throughout that process. Yeah, kids really play best where they feel safe. Mm -hmm. And I think they like the fact that Grandma and Papa are there keeping an eye on things, and they know they can just kind of run and do what they want to do, and they don't really have a lot to worry about. They don't have to worry about some bully bothering them because we're going to be monitoring. We're going to be watching. Now, that sandbox that I mentioned earlier, wow, what a deal. And a lot of parents do bring toys for their kids to play with. We don't generally do that. But when they get there, there's lots of sticks, and there's dead leaves, and there's grass, and so... They use their imagination, and their imaginations do run wild playing in that sandbox. And it's big. I'd say it's got to be 40, 50 feet on a side. And they have these three very large stone statues that kind of look like Inca gods. And these perhaps. are things that the kids often play on. They actually climb up on these stone statues <laughs> and yeah. sit at the top and play King of the Mountain and all <laughs> kinds of things like that. One of the things they learn in the sandbox, too, is to really have respect for what somebody else is doing. And they have to learn fair play there. They can't just run around and kick over something that somebody else is making. So they learn how to be helpful and they learn how to ask for help when they need help. It's an activity that really gets them into what they're doing. As Bill said, their imagination can run wild there. They do really learn concentration, and we've seen them many times become lost in the moment. It's yes, they'll amazing. sit very quietly in their own little corner of the sandbox <laughs> for a long time, very engaged in what they're doing. Now, we need to take a second break to thank another sponsor, so we'll be right back. Also sponsoring our show today is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. Now we're back. And one of the things we really haven't covered yet that we want to talk about is, you know, what are some of the things that take place? What is going on as kids are playing freely in an unstructured way? There's a lot of important cognitive development that's taking place you know, they're learning and they're growing. And what is it that's happening? Absolutely. We really do believe that playing is a big part of growing up and learning. So playing well makes kids happy, in our opinion. <laughs> right. They're learning things. Things like what they like to do and what they don't like to do. <laughs> 
They can learn empathy just by playing with the other children, even just by observing how some children interact with each other. And later on, we might talk about it with them on our way home and ask them if they thought that that was an appropriate activity or, you know, why did that one boy make that little girl cry or something along that line. So they can begin to feel what it's like to be in someone else's shoes. Right. They also learn a lot about how to have fun and do things on their own when they're outside in the world and how to negotiate so that they can actually have that time alone. You know, how to kind of protect their own little space and do something fun and creative that's all their own, especially in that in the sandbox. Right, exactly. Now, along with learning how to care or the empathy that we talked about, they're also learning trust or how teamwork really happens. With that lesson comes the give and take or the compromise that is so necessary for when they're going to be adults. Right. Looking out for others, too. A lot of times when they're playing tag or something on the playscape, you'll see one of the bigger ones kind of shield one of the small ones and, or take them by the hand and say, come on, come with me. I'll take you. You know, I'll show you how to get away. And, you know, they're helping each other. It's really quite interesting to watch. And they're also learning how to negotiate. And along with that is they learn how to deal with a consensus. So it's a very interesting thing that takes place as kids play. And as they negotiate their way, they are learning some really important skills, but having a lot of fun doing it. Absolutely. (laughs) We think unstructured play is absolutely essential for making kids happy. Well, Bill, I think that's our show for today. Bill and I want to thank you for being with us at the Happy Kids Podcast. To subscribe to our show, go to the iTunes Podcast and look for Better Living Institute, the Happy Kids Podcast. There you'll also find all the podcasts produced by the Better Living Institute, the Book Talk Podcast, the Healthy Tips Podcast, the Love Stories Podcast, and our two newest podcasts, the Happiness Experience and today's podcast, the Happy Kids Podcast. At the Better Living Institute, we're creating health, wealth, and happiness, one loving conversation at a time. You can also find our podcast and view all of the great stories, photos, and links that we post by visiting our website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. While there, please go to our contact page and leave us a comment. Kira and I encourage you to send us some feedback. You can also like and message us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com dot com forward slash better living institute in addition our email address is feedback at better living institute.com we hope you'll listen again next time and remember to share our show with your friends and family this is kieran bill van ittersom for the better living institute saying so long for now everyone <music>